Good morning. I uh, hope you're having a great day wherever you are today. We're having a beautiful day here in the state of Tennessee. I'm in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Uh, this message is for Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Pentecost uh, comes from the word 50, of course, 50 days from Passover. Pentecost was originally an, an Old Testament uh, feast. It was one of the simple feasts. It was the end of the grain harvest, actually is what it was for. Uh, we call it Pentecost, but it was the day the Holy Spirit was poured out on uh, people in uh, Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. So I want to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning, one of my favorite topics to talk about. But I want to, I want to frame and capture for you what chapter 2 is all about. So I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is a, is a three-part act. And so, uh, act number one, part number one, is, uh, is from Genesis chapter one to Genesis chapter 11. And that's really talking about global history or universal history, you know, the history of all people. In chapter 12, it changes gears. And from Genesis chapter 12 to Acts chapter two, what we discover is the history of Israel. So we go from this, this large conversation uh, about the world the first 12 chapters of Genesis to this smaller conversation about the nation of Israel for almost the entire Bible. But then in Acts chapter 2 things change and we go back to this global conversation, this universal conversation about everybody around the world. And so from Acts chapter 2 to Revelation 22 uh, the Bible is speaking more about all people around the world. So when we get to chapter 2 here and begin reading put that in perspective that this is the, the, the third act in the play, if you will. It's the third part of it where God is talking about all people, not just about the nation of Israel. So let's begin reading in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like a blowing and violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, they weren't in a temple. They weren't in a church building. Uh, they weren't even on the steps of the temple. Uh, they were in some house that could accommodate 120 people. And they were sitting down and the Holy Spirit came. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. In other words, it was, a, it was symbolic of the Holy Spirit coming down. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, this idea of being filled with the Spirit, I want to talk about this coming Wednesday. So if you want to tune in Wednesday, I'll be talking about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And I'll also be talking about this word blasphemy. I know it's a big word. We don't Sometimes we don't understand it. It's kind of confusing. But I'll be talking about that Wednesday if you want to tune in for that. But getting back to this passage. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, by not all these men who are speaking from Galilee? Then how is it that each one of us hears in his own native language? <clears throat> Parthians, Medes, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asians, and, and all these other places around. He said, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. 
Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you, listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of by Joel the prophet. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Now, even on my service, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Just a side note here also. It's really important to notice that the spirit is given to men and women and children and older people, adults. It's really important to know that, that when the Holy Spirit is given, when you invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you don't get a Happy Meal portion of the Holy Spirit. You don't get a masculine portion of the Holy Spirit or a feminine portion of the Holy Spirit or child portion or an adult portion. You get all the Holy Spirit living within you. And it's really important for all of us to know that when you gather as a church, whether it's a home church with five or six of you or, or a couple, that gather, or if you're in a group of 200 people, that everybody there has the opportunity, the capacity, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit if they're trusting in Jesus. So if a child comes up and says, I've, I've got something I think the Holy Spirit wants me to say, you need to listen. If a man or a woman or a teenager comes up and says something, you, well, maybe I need to listen to this. It's important because the Holy Spirit is poured out on all people. So what does that mean for us? Well. Of course, I've got another acronym for you, and it spells the word spirit. It spells the word spirit. I want to talk to you about how the spirit works in our lives. Six things. And so the first one starts with an S, and that is the spirit saves you. You know, there's a lot of conversation out there, a lot of misinformation too, about what it means to be saved. You know, do you have to get baptized? Do you have to go to church and sing in the choir and wear a choir robe? You know, what does it mean to be saved? Salvation is simply your human spirit becoming one with the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a oneness, it's a, it's a coming together. That's what salvation is. When you say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Holy Spirit comes into you, and not only comes in, He unites with you, and you unite with Him. There's a oneness there. The Bible says in John 3 verse 6, it says the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. The only way you can have a new birth is if the Holy Spirit births something new in you, which is you becoming one with Him. 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, You are washed, sanctified, and justified by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit doing His work in your life. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, We put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. God puts His Spirit within us, guaranteeing that we will have eternal life with Him forever and ever. So the first thing to understand is salvation is when your human spirit is joined together with the Holy Spirit. That's what salvation is. And when that happens, you receive all the Holy Spirit, all of His presence in your life. Now, you don't become a God. You don't become like God. You become one with God. Totally different, totally different concept there. But you become one in the Spirit. The second thing the Holy Spirit does is, is pastor you. It's pastor you. Remember, we're spelling the word Spirit here. Pastors you. 
In Philippians 2.1 it says, If you have any encouragement or any tenderness or any compassion from the Spirit, then be like-minded one with another. It says in John chapter 14, verse 26, When the Counselor has come, the Counselor, the Comforters, how it says in another version, the Holy Spirit comes into our life to pastor us. That's why people can have these horrific things happen in their lives. These Christians can have horrific things happen in their lives. And when you sit down and talk with them, they say, you know, I don't know really what happened. I just know that God spoke to my heart and told me everything was going to be okay. And He walked me through this. That's the Holy Spirit pastoring you. Uh, he's a great shepherd. He loves pastoring His people. And so when you are struggling with something, when you are confronted with something, when you're confounded with something, just know the Holy Spirit wants to come and pastor you. And how do you do that? You simply ask for it. You simply ask for it. Jesus said at one time, if you ask the Father for bread, is He, is he going to give you a snake? You know, and the answer is no. If you ask the Holy Spirit for pastoring, for comforting, for encouragement, He's going to say, well, let's sit down and talk about it. Why, why do you need encouragement? What's going on in your life? Talk to me. And so the Holy Spirit will pastor you. The third thing is, the Holy Spirit inspires us. The Holy Spirit inspires us. You know, there are a lot of things in this earthly realm that inspire me. Seeing my grandchildren, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, playing in the yard with them, having fun with them, listening to them tell their stories, that's it's just really inspiring to me. There are people in my life I love hearing their stories and inspires me. But there's nothing that inspires me quite like the Holy Spirit. You know, in the Old Testament we read about how the Holy Spirit inspired people to write music. We read how the Holy Spirit inspired people to build the buildings that they built, the temple in particular. The Holy Spirit gave them those skill sets. We read in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit gives us gifts of wisdom and prophecy and discernment and miracles and signs and wonders and so it's the Holy Spirit that comes in and inspires us to do amazing things hey if you're in a job that you absolutely love you you, you, know, you wake up and love to go to work uh, that's probably because the Holy Spirit has inspired you to do that particular type of work you know, we often think that the Holy Spirit inspires us to go be a missionary somewhere or be a pastor or a church or <clears throat> sing on the praise team and, and th those things are certainly true but he can also inspire you to be a teacher, a banker, an architect, an engineer, a builder. And he can energize you for doing those things. And matter of fact, he loves doing that. So the Holy Spirit inspires us. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In Ephesians 3, 16, Paul says, I pray that God may strengthen you with power through his Spirit. And in Acts 1, verse 8, it says, Jesus says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses in Judea and Jerusalem, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So it's the Holy Spirit that comes and inspires us and encourages us to not hesitate when He says, I want you to do this. I don't know about you, but there have been times when I knew the Holy Spirit inspired me to go help someone. And I hesitated. I said, ah, I just don't know. What would they think? What would they say? Should I do this? And the opportunity left. And afterwards I repented, I regretted it, and said, God, you know, please give me another chance. God's a God of second chances. So sure enough, you know, God will give you another opportunity to minister in that way. He will inspire you to do that. He's not sitting there with a the chalkboard saying, Well, you missed me this time, you missed me this time, you missed me this time. 
I'm just not going to have anything to do with you. I'm done with you. No, he says, I'm giving you this opportunity, and I'll, if, you, if you blow it here, I'll give you another opportunity over here. I love that about the Holy Spirit. He inspires us. And if you're at the age where you're thinking about retiring from work, and you still love getting up and going to work, maybe the Holy Spirit is inspiring you not to retire from that work, but to keep on in it. Maybe there's something else you're supposed to accomplish in the spirit realm with that. Once again, just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do you want? Do you want me to retire? Do you want me to keep going? And then trust the Holy Spirit to give the right answer. The fourth thing is, the Holy Spirit reminds us. Remember, we're using S-P-I-R-I-T, Spirit, for our acronym here. The Holy Spirit reminds you. It says in John chapter 15, it says the Holy Spirit will testify about Jesus. He will testify about Jesus to you and through you. And in verse in chapter 14, verse 26, it says he will remind you of everything that Jesus said. So for instance, let's say you were 10 years old when you gave your life to Jesus, 12 years old when you gave your life to Jesus, and now you're the ripe old age of 40, and you're praying and you're seeking God about something, and all of a sudden, God reminds you of something He told you when you were 8 or 10 or 12 years old. That's what the Holy Spirit loves doing. He says, don't you remember when you were 12 years old, you were singing in the children's choir, and you sang this musical, uh, and you sang this one line, and it really meant something to you then? Well, that was about me, Jesus says. And I want to remind you of who I am through that verse, through that word, through that song that you sang. He reminds us of everything that Jesus has already taught us. And if you read the Bible and are memorizing Scripture and meditating on it, He's going to remind you of what you read. You may have forgotten the verse and you're sitting there talking to somebody and they have a spiritual need and you're like, man, what do I need to say to them? Holy Spirit, give me some insight. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit reminds you of a Scripture that you haven't seen in years. And He brings it to you. He inspires us. And not only that, He'll inspire us and remind us of people that we need to contact. Maybe you've been sitting around thinking, praying, and all of a sudden somebody's name pops in here. That's the Holy Spirit reminding you that you need to go reach out to that person. And you haven't thought about that person in years. And so sure enough, you say, okay, Holy Spirit, you reminded me of this person that I knew 10 years ago, and we just kind of lost touch with one another. I'm going to call them and see how they are. So you call them or text them or email or Instagram. And they say, I'm so glad you called me. I've been struggling with something. Can you pray for me? And so the Holy Spirit reminds us of how He's been at work in our lives, all the way in the past, all the way in the present, even where people, places, and situations are concerned. And He reminds us, and sometimes He takes us back and then brings us forward with Him. The fifth thing is the Holy Spirit instructs us. He instructs us. He gives us instructions. It says that... Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, God has revealed things by the Holy Spirit. God has revealed things by the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, The Holy Spirit helps us understand what God has freely given us. And in John 16, 13, it says, The Holy Spirit will guide you into truth. The Holy Spirit's an amazing teacher. As a matter of fact, the most brilliant person you'll ever meet is the Holy Spirit. The most benevolent person you'll ever meet is our Father in heaven. The bravest person you'll ever meet is Jesus Christ. He took on the sin of the world. Uh, everything bad you can think about in the world, He took on Himself. That takes a brave person to do that. Uh, 
And then the Holy Spirit's the most brilliant person you'll ever meet. You can trust the Holy Spirit. He wants to help us understand what God has freely given us. He wants to guide us into truth. And He wants to reveal new things to us that we've never even thought about. I was uh, visiting the grocery store a couple of weeks ago and there's a lady that works there. Her, her name is Shirley. And she's a prophet. She's a pastor, but she's also a prophet. And when I walk through the line to check out, I always pick her line because I, I want to say hey to her. But I'll also ask her, I'll say, what's the word? I just say, what's the word? And I love saying it to her. And she'll stop and pause and she'll put her hand up to her mouth and, and then she'll start giving me a word. It's a prophecy or a scripture. And a few weeks ago, I was there and I said, hey, what's the word? And just like that, she started giving me a word back from the Old Testament. A story I'd read a long, 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 long time ago and just hadn't refreshed my memory on it. She said, you need to go back and read that. That one's for you. And so I did. I spent an hour going back and forth around the Scripture. She'd give me back and forth in the Scripture, refreshing myself, reminding myself the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about that particular passage where it concerned me. It was just a great time. And so the Holy Spirit was a teacher through Shirley. He was a teacher through the Word to me. He gave me instruction. And, hey, you never know where you're going to find a prophet, right? We just read that scripture in Acts chapter 2 where it says, And God will pour out His Spirit on men and women, and in those days they will prophesy. She gave me a prophecy. It's great. So, the Holy Spirit is here to instruct us. And then the lastly, the Holy Spirit transforms us. He transforms us. It says in Ephesians 6.18 that we're to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers. And it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 we're being transformed into His likeness by the Spirit. We're being transformed into the likeness of Christ by the Holy Spirit. We're being transformed from glory to glory it goes on to talk about. Glory being the presence of God. The more we're in God's presence, the more we're transformed into His presence. Makes sense, right? Well, the Holy Spirit wants to transform us. He wants us to stop walking as Jim and start walking as Jesus. And that's what He loves doing. You know, I don't know about you, but I've taken a lot of personality tests or temperament analysis, whatever word you want to use for them. There's, there's the Myers-Briggs, the, the one going right now is the Enneagram. It's really, really popular. There are ones that have the D, I, S, and C. And then the ones that have animals like a retriever and a lion and an otter and so forth. There's all kind of things out there. And we take those inventories and say, well, there I am. That's what I look like on paper. That's me. And I'm not going to change. Well, I've got a problem. We need to move beyond. We need to move beyond all these personality inventories and temperament analysis. Because that's not who we are in Christ. That may be who we are in the flesh. That may be who we are uh, in this life as we move and have our being. But the Holy Spirit wants to transform us beyond those things. Beyond those things. Right? To become more like Christ. So if you've studied those traits, you know there's positives and negatives to all those. And so when we study our personality traits and we find out what our negatives are and we say well, that's just the way I am. That's a cop-out. You can't stay there as a Christian. You have to say, okay, one of my traits is I'm too talkative. I don't listen to people, right? Well, Jesus listened to people. He was a great listener. And so we need to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, transform me from not being a great listener 
to becoming a great listener. And the Holy Spirit will say, sure, we can start working on that. And He'll give you keen insight. The Holy Spirit wants to transform us. <clears throat> the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the man without the Spirit does not accept things that come from God. They are foolishness to him, for they are spiritually discerned. I want to encourage all of us to live in the Spirit, to trust the Holy Spirit, to be a part of what He's doing in our lives so that we don't wind up things being foolish to us, but that we are transformed and then we learn how to spiritually discern what God is doing in our life. Will we ever know everything He's doing? No. Will we ever be fully transformed to be like Jesus in this world? No. Will we be transformed to be like Jesus in the next world? Yes, absolutely. Between now and then, the Holy Spirit is at work in our life. So let me encourage you. Trust the Holy Spirit. Invite Him to guide your every day. Wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, what are we going to do today? Uh, let's go have fun in the name of Jesus. You know, let's change somebody's life in the name of Jesus. Whatever the prayer is that comes to your heart, just pray that out loud. Jesus said that, that we worship God through spirit and in truth. And I, I, and I believe that's how we are supposed to live our day. Worship is a daily event. It's a lifestyle. It's not singing a song. It's a lifestyle of singing songs to Christ by our actions and by our words. <clears throat> so let's worship God in spirit and truth by allowing the Holy Spirit to make us more into the image of Christ. Hey, thanks for watching. And I hope you have a great day where you are. Be blessed.